0: So, most of you don't know me, unlike the other... my cousins that came up and spoke before me. Uh, I do know a few guys in the room. I know Phil Jones, and I know Stephen Gilmore, and I know Russell Lane. Because I was lucky enough to, uh, to have had uh, a few days in the road with you guys when I first started with the company. Um, and uh, I, 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 I still take some of your tips with me as I work as a sales manager in, in the US today. Um, so a quick bit about me, just so you have a, a bit of a background. I moved over to the US about seven years ago, and I joined the company about two years ago. I've been working in the US as a sales manager for the last 18 months. Um, I'm over in the west coast in California. Um, I am a regional sales manager there, so trying to build out the west coast. It's very grassroots level, um, but you know we're, we've established the business there and, and slowly we're surely growing it. Um, and just a bit of contact info there, you can obviously reach out to me on LinkedIn. I've started a podcast where I'm interviewing customers and end users. Um, and then you see my email there at the bottom. So I, I, I made this presentation to the US sales managers, and it was, it was building a new territory. And obviously, in the UK, it's, it's far from a new territory. Uh, so it's just building a territory. But uh, I've broken it down into three sections. And the, the first part is I am sort of giving you the high-level overview, what the territory looked like when I moved out there, and what it looks like now. And some of the things that have, have sort of remained consistent um, in in sort of my success there. Uh, then I go on to my approach, have broken that down into mindset and methods, and then uh, finishing off with challenges and pitfalls. But I told my sister about this presentation, and she said, "So basically, you're presenting on best practices." And I was like, "Well, sort of. Um, I think there's, you know." this is one approach that um, has been effective for me one thing i did take from her comment was all of it is a practice and and it doesn't you know you it it, it takes a sort of a daily and a weekly reminder and and you're you're building on what you've established Um, and i thought uh, i thought that was a sort of a good way to look at it a lot of what I'm going to cover might seem obvious, it might seem simple, and it is. Uh, it's, it's sort of fundamental to uh, your sort of foundation and uh, performing as a sales manager. At least that's how I look at it. Um, and I just want to say I'm, I'm honoured to be presenting in front of all of you guys. You're obviously the sort of the top tier of um, the, the sales groups uh, throughout Port West and um, so it, it, it's an absolute pleasure to be here today presenting on this and um, yeah, you know, i'm sure some of my advice and um, might seem a, a little bit juvenile but um, i'm sure you know I'll, I'll get plenty of advice from you guys later on in the day so getting into it my territory so starting off here showing a graph and it's a sort of a simplified version of when I started in California 18 months ago, essentially at zero dollars. And on the same graph, I'm showing accounts and customers. Now I've explained this before, but uh, customers and accounts are actually switched around, so um, you'll see it there. But the, the big takeaway from this graph is, in my first 12 months, it was it was it was a slow sort of steady rise. But it really took off for me in the last six months. Uh, And I attribute a lot of that uh, change in trajectory uh, to the work that I put in in the first 12 months and the foundations that I laid. And obviously, the goal now for me is to continue uh, sort of going in that trajectory. Uh, But I don't know how many of you guys have been working the territory for less than 12 months but I think the same principle could be applied to someone that's been working in the territory for four or five, ten years. That there's always another tier and trajectory that you can push on from. So some of the things that have remained just incredibly consistent uh, throughout these last 18 months are um, setting expectations. And I, I got this really good piece of advice from, uh, from my uncle at the start, when I, when I first joined the company, and I've heard it a good few times since, and it basically goes, just remember, there's no one out there that's waiting for Mr. Port West to show up on your doorstep. Be under no illusions. And that really resonated with me. And, and, and I, 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 sort of, I often remember that now when I'm in the sales field. I, I don't go into any sales visit or meeting uh, having disillusioned expectations. And I thought that was a very good piece of advice. The other thing about setting expectations is you've got two people to set expectations with. It's your customer and yourself. And I think if you're consistently reminding yourself of clear and honest expectations with both of those people, uh, you'll, you'll be doing well. So KPIs, key performance indicators, I often think of these as, um, the areas that we need to focus on as sales managers, rather than the result or the sales themselves. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's very easy to, to get laser focused on the sales, but really the focus is on the work that you're doing to get there. And I think um, that has often served me focusing on, um, you know, the visits, the uh, the kind of conversations you're having in the sales meetings and uh, it was Richard Jones that sort of broke these down for me, I'm sure most of you are, are familiar with Richard. There's two KPIs you have in the company, there's the ones that the company has given you and there's the ones that you can give yourself um, and it, again it's just the focusing on those KPIs is, is, is key. So working the whole territory, I've been guilty of it myself where you sort of you you find these routes and you know there's big customers in in those sort of routes and it it can be tempting to sort of stay on that track. I think it's critical that you're constantly covering every corner of your territory. And I I, I use a, a Google map here where I pin my customers and my prospects. And that gives me uh, a pretty good visual when I'm on the road and I find it very useful. I can just pull it up on my phone when I need. So this one's going to seem obvious. Um, Focusing on selling. And it might seem silly, uh, but the truth is, is excuses can come easy. And as a sales manager, if the excuses are coming out first, you're really not focusing on what the what the task is at hand. As a sales manager, our job is to overcome objections. Um, and selling is is literally that. Um, so I suppose I, I, I look at it as two ways, and I got this I got this very good piece of advice from a good buddy of mine who is a top sales manager at Salesforce. And I would have looked to him for a bit of advice and he said and um, yeah, you know, i asked him what do you sort of boil down your success to and very simply he said just passion and knowledge and if you have knowledge of the product that you're selling and if you have passion in front of the customer that you're selling it to i think a lot of the rest will sort of take care of itself and then finally just enjoying the work and um, the, there can be some tedious um, and difficult aspects of the job and I think you have the choice as a person and a sales manager to decide I'm going to enjoy this, I'm going to see it as a bigger picture sort of view um, and and really committing 100% to the job. And here's a little picture of me enjoying the work here in, uh, in California sitting, sitting in lovely Bay Area traffic so, moving on to my approach, and uh, I'm starting off here with the quote. <coughs> oh, I'll go back. So, patience has been a big thing for me, um, personally and professionally. And I attribute a lot of this to, to, to my success in, in building the territory in the West Coast, but this quote really resonates with me. And It says, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. Okay, that sounds very grand, but it's very simple. It's sort of going back to the KPIs thing again. It's just focusing on the task and the work, um, rather than wasting time judging, why didn't I achieve this, why aren't the sales here? And uh, it's all about patience, really. The flip side of the coin is, Um, There's two kinds of patience in my mind. There's being patient in the long term and impatient in the short term. So what does that mean? It basically means you could be in this role as a sales manager for 20 or 30 years and you could thrive and continue to grow and build your territory. Being patient with that process, maybe it's being patient with the new customer that hasn't even entertained you for the last three years, but being patient, knowing that if we keep showing up, that eventually there'll be an opportunity there. Impatient in the short term is, I received an email this morning, about 30 minutes ago. I have to be impatient with getting back to that person and responding immediately, because I think we all know here that often it's that timing, it's that sweet spot, getting back, responding quickly, Moving quickly on the daily and the weekly is, is, is what it will allow us to, to secure um, opportunities. So I have this term chasing no's. And again, it's sort of a, a, a mental trick I've, I've played with myself. Um, but I have a question here, a, a show of hands. Who here likes rejection? So the, no one likes rejection. Um, you should learn to love rejection, because like who who gives a, You know it's like as a sales manager. Um, I think if you if we're diving into that and enjoying someone saying no, no interest, get out of my office, whatever the case may be. Um, hopefully you don't get to the point where they're kicking you out of the office. But uh, chasing the notes. Uh, it's a good little principle that, that, that has uh, served me quite well. But within that, there's five basic principles, um, and it's a well-known sales concept. You'll hear five no's, and it's no need, no money, no hurry, no desire, and no trust. And if you can pop them into one of those uh, sort of groups, it's a good way to frame it, and then as a result, a good way to address it. So listening and giving a shit. And you can talk about this in a bunch of different ways, but the reality is, I think it was it, it, um, Harry Orla said this earlier, but listen to understand. Do not just go in there with your own agenda and think, I'm going to make the sale here, you know, I know this guy, I know what's happening here. Go in and listen. And actually I find this is actually maybe more relevant advice for the US sales guys. I find, as Irish and English uh, culture, we're quite good at this. Um, We we, we show a genuine interest in the people we're speaking to. Um, But um, it's it's a good reminder, have empathy, and actually want to help your customer, actually want to understand their business. Um, And as Harry said, it's a human to human interaction. So using momentum, there's a popular concept called flow state, and a, 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 an athlete might call it being in the zone. But we all have that in our work, and the key thing here for me is uh, identifying when you've when you've picked up a bit of momentum, things are going well, and um, to put to use that and to actually push on. And so the example I'll give is. Uh, You've had a very good morning. Uh, you've you've just locked down forty thousand pound worth of sales, and you're thinking it's been a good day. I, th- I think I can kind of take the foot off the gas here. But the the the, the beauty is, if, if you can take that and go visit, say that one prospect that hasn't even entered changer for the last couple of years, go in. I feel like that prospect or that lead, of the co- you know potential customer picks up on that sense of uh, success. And that momentum that you have, and they'll be like, "Jesus, Port West might be doing well here. Like, I think I'll, I'll I think I'll give them a shot." Uh, but it's using that momentum and identifying when when you you're both in it and when maybe you're not in it. And. There's this term or this uh, concept that came from the CEO of Airbnb, and he calls it the 11-star experience. And it's very simple. It's imagining what the experience would be like for a customer that is totally undeliverable and unachievable. Um, so you could think of the most absurd, elaborate sort of situation here, where maybe they've never met you before. You show up and with you is one of the largest end users in the UK. And you've introduced them and you said, this customer here is interested in a whole new uniform and gloves and boots. Um, And on the left side, you've got one of the top sales managers from their competitors and you've said, this guy's looking for a new job. That would be the 11 star experience for your customer. What we can do here, obviously we're not going to do that. And if if anyone can do that, please let me know how you do it. But what we can do is work backwards and land somewhere above the five-star experience. Because the reality is, is that all of our competitors, the top sales managers in those companies, they're all delivering a five-star experience. They're all doing a very good job. You should, we should be looking to hit well above and beyond that five-star experience and very simply it's just exceeding expectations so moving on to methods and yeah a few few simple principles and how i've gone about it Uh, so acknowledging we spend a lot of time in the car um, and making use of that time i think is critical the, I, I, I'll, I'll, I remember the time I spent with, with Phil Jones in the car, the, the couple of days that we were on sales visits. Um, and Phil was very good at, you know, he'd be, we'd be chatting away and he was very good at, at taking the time to actually uh, speak with me and give me the advice. But he was very good at just knocking out phone calls in the car. So, he would, he would think of something or he'd have his a sort of uh, list of customers that he wanted to call that day. And he would just be dialing numbers and chatting. Um, And for me, I I do something similar. The the day before, I know that I'm going to have a two-hour journey, say. I open the notebook. I look at my top 10 prospects. I write down the company name, the contact, and why am I calling them? What's the question? Like, what's the frame of this call? Um, And obviously, the phone number. Um, And just making use of the time in the car. Two-week plans, that for me works. Uh, It's a nice time frame where I can reach out to customers um, consistently and plan for a week in advance. So I'm always sort of operating in these two-week blocks. Sometimes I'll miss a week or two of planning, and then I'm like, shit, I need to get back to that. And I get back to a two-week block, and I start uh, planning accordingly. Setting the agenda—we've, you know, we've heard this a bunch. Um, having an intention is key. So you go into a meeting, you have your agenda. What is the goal? Um, and even if, even if we're not hitting the goal, if we're not making the sale, at least we're working towards it. So I have a statement up here: uh, fifty dollars or five thousand dollars. Maybe it should be five thousand pounds or fifty thousand pounds for, for your market. But the point I'm making here is it doesn't really matter what the what the, the, the amount is. It's it's having the, the goal of uh, and putting that into your agenda. So follow up. I suppose th- th- this is probably the most obvious one, but I think as sales managers we might spend eight or ten hours in the road, and that's only half the work. Um, you know we live and die by our follow-up and like I know myself, there's been days where I haven't done the proper follow-up and you know about it a week or two after because you've realised that you've fucking squandered, excuse my language, you've squandered that whole day of sales business because you haven't done the follow-up. The customer has discounted you at that point. Um, There's three parts to a good follow-up or there's three things to consider and it's timing it's the person, and it's the information, or the content. So timing, obviously, it's, it's, uh, it's getting back to them in, in a reasonable time period. Are you sending it to the right person, and are you asking the right questions and giving them the right information? Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in information or content, is there a call to action? What's the, what's the, the, the next meeting? Um, when are they getting a sample, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. And then lastly, um, you know, this is maybe a different way of saying what I've what I've talked about already, but getting to know the customer um, and really understanding them through and through. And then finishing up, challenges and pitfalls, wasting time, you know, there there is repetition in our job and we have to find efficiencies. I think that's very important. Um another thing we can do at wasting time is uh, worrying or complaining or giving excuses, utter waste of time. And, and the final thing there would be going into a meeting without an agenda, definitely a waste of time. A slow week, I, I put this up here specifically because the point is is we have slow days, don't let them turn into a slow week. Um, so you might feel stuck being a sales manager, it can be a lonely job, it can be unforgiving um, and thankless. But the point is, is that you, know, you, you, have it, uh, you have the choice to identify, I'm having a shitty day, let's not let this roll into two and three days. OAP, and um, that is just an abbreviation for organisation, administration and planning. And I definitely don't have to explain that. So we have very little oversight. You know, I mean, on any given day, no one is telling us what to do. And that's a blessing and a curse because it's entirely up to you to hold yourself accountable. And um, yeah, you can see it as, as, as a potential challenge or a pitfall, uh, not having someone on your back managing you regularly. And then, lastly, um, I think this is probably the most fundamental of all of the stuff I've talked about, and it's a precursor to any level of performance, and it's vitality. And it's not vitality in the sense that we've been talking about it already, which is new product, but it's vitality in the sense of your physical, your mental, your emotional, and spiritual. And sure some of that stuff might seem wishy-washy but the reality is is like as a sales manager we're performing we're out there uh pushing and grinding and doing everything that we can to push the product and grow the business and i think having a, a solid level of um sort of vitality wellness whatever you want to call it uh, is invaluable um, and and it has been for me and um, so i know i've gone over time here a little bit again but um just want to say thank you again, for everyone, for listening. Uh, I, I appreciate that, and uh, I look forward to, to meeting and getting to know everyone else here uh, throughout the day. So thanks.